0: Thank you for being here. Welcome to the Small Worlds Podcast. Designed to explore frameworks of love, purpose, and connection. What's good, y'all? Welcome back. This is episode 30. This is the Steph Curry episode of the ongoing season of... The Small Worlds Podcast. Today is a very, very special day. Why? Okay, there's a lot of reasons why. We have an amazing guest. 30 is also a special number because Loki, the Warriors, are one game away from winning the championship. And Steph Curry has Loki been playing pretty well. As well, I am actually recording for the first time ever in Small Worlds Podcast History in my office with an amazing past student of mine and a really amazing friend who I'm so inspired and proud of. We bring you Wendy today. Say what's up, Wendy.
1: Hey everyone, what's up? I'm Wendy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) How are you feeling, Wendy?
1: I'm really giddy and just excited to have a conversation with you.
0: Oh my gosh. Well, keep the giddy energy. This is super, super exciting. As always, we usually start off with a traditional question, and that's pretty open-ended, which is, Wendy, do you have a favorite Mac Miller reference, song, quote, what have you, that you would like to bring into the space today?
1: I would say that from his first album, Kids, yep. yeah, the first song on the um, track playlist, oh, yeah, I feel like that one stood out the most to me when I was just listening through all of Mac Miller's songs because mm. I think it's what's guiding my priorities in life right now and just like Trying to be a kid, because I feel like I've grown up too fast in the past year and just trying to allow myself to have fun and just be a college student unapologetically, not have to, you know, focus on my responsibilities, like too much to the point where I don't have room for the things that bring me a lot of joy. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Wow. I got chills. (laughs) <laughs> for, for a lot of reasons. One, well, thank you for that beautiful response. I was just... That's actually one of my favorite tracks because Kids is like the alpha to the omega of, you know, Mac Miller's music. And it's such like an opener to a story. It also starts off with sort of an interview and you feel just like peak adolescence. And this is amazing because as All Small World... Viewers or listeners know, I usually come up with the three questions and the theme of the episode on the spot. Wendy saw me write questions right in front of her. And you named the theme before I even told her. And the theme today is wise soul. And, you know, we've had inner child, but little do you all know, maybe Wendy's actually the youngest guest we have but potentially the wisest and oldest soul we have on the podcast. So that's kind of central theme. And I want to add on to what Wendy was talking about. I think a lot of us are kind of pushed in many ways, pushed and pulled to grow up fast. However you may define that and having the opportunity to teach and witness Wendy kind of just mature and grow up, um, when she was a student at at the high school she went to and see her now, a transition and, and say exactly what she's saying, like tap into that inner child and make time for that while she's a college student is, is just unbelievable. So, Wendy, I open up the podcast with a question and that first question is a defining question, two part. What does being a wise soul mean to you and what do you think pushes youth to obtain that especially in your experience
1: wow that is a very big question and it's a really interesting one because yesterday i arrived here at san francisco And I've been living in Pomona, California for almost a year now. So this is my first time back since I left for college. And one of my good friends that I'm staying with right now, we were talking about what it means to be an old soul Mm. or a wise soul. And for me, I think that my personality, I'm just naturally a very joyful person, Mm -hmm. I would say. I would like to say that I'm forever a kid at heart because I want to find joy in all the little small moments. Mm. And I think I have this understanding that everyone goes through a lot of different things in their life, a lot of baggage, a lot of trauma or something that they have to constantly unpack or understand or process Mm. and if I can make someone smile even if it's just like a random stranger that I meet on the street or just someone that I really care about and if I can make their day a little bit better with the energy that I bring into the room or the space I feel like that is one of the most rewarding things that I can possibly feel because I like sharing joy but in terms of being a wise soul, I also feel this dichotomy with my personality. So I'm also very emotionally mature, I would say. I <laughs> know, <laughs> I don't, don't want to like toot my own horn yeah, yeah, or yeah. Um, claim to be something that I'm not. But from what I've gathered this past year and from the way that I've handled many different situations in my life, Mm -hmm. I would say that even though I do act like a child and I'm very joyful, I also am very introspective and self-aware of everything that goes on inside my head. And with wisdom, it's not just like, fancy quotes or Mm. you know important sayings from like gurus or like motivational speakers it's sort of pulling in from your own experiences and learning how to tackle that from your own perspective Mm. it's being able to listen to advice or just listen to what's going on inside of you and just allowing yourself to feel it authentically, not to push yourself to think of a certain outcome or a certain way of going about it. It's kind of just like letting that sink into your your mind and soul so that you can have as much clarity as possible mm-hmm. to like move forward. And there's not necessarily like a right or wrong direction every single time you make a choice. Mm-hmm. But I feel like in order to... Like, gain more wisdom. It's not just like having this vault of, like I said, like quotes and and important sayings, but also just understanding your own life and being self-aware of what you feel. That's I think what being a wise soul means is really understanding yourself.
0: Hmm. Yeah, that's what's that. wise, up. <laughs> wise words. Wise soul. Old soul, I'm hearing. I'm hearing a lot. Let's let's backwards track with with what you just brought up. Like the latest thing you brought up, it's not. And what it is is where I we're referencing sort of, you know, what what really pushes you to have that wisdom and, and sense of self. It's not your surface level, like quote posters or things you can buy at Ross for like nine ninety nine, or is it like the ten most motivational YouTube speakers it could be that and it's always you the person I'm hearing a lot of just like self-reflection and one thing that came to mind as you were speaking was obviously vulnerability and the phrase in my head I've never said this to myself or out loud but it felt like in one way vulnerability can be defined as permission to your own self you giving your self permission to access yourself it's very like meta right but it's exactly what you've kind of brought up how do you confront all those feelings that are kind of in your gravity but you're not letting maybe like kind of just take the wheel every now and then um, and one thing we I think want is just humans is control and sometimes the best way to know how to have control is to kind of lose control a little bit, too. And I know we've shared definitely a lot of ups and downs, you know, in our lives where we've had to hold that. Thinking about what you brought up earlier, what pushes people, especially like kids and now transitioning into adults, to have that kind of old soul mentality and feeling and sensibility is a lot of trauma that you grow up with. Oftentimes, you don't have the choice to grow up with now that you are... You know basically done with your first year of college and you've been able to transition into a new system and environment of your life where you you get a little bit more ownership than you ever had I think we may have talked about this before in the podcast but it's the sense of freedom to an extent kids always want freedom I want to do this I want to do that then when freedom is sometimes present at the door it could be a lot it could be very overwhelming and I want to repeat what Wendy just said. You know, I think oftentimes when we're faced with tough decisions, even decisions that just affect our own being and no one else, we're afraid to commit um, because it there's this dichotomy of a right or wrong direction. Whereas I think what, you know, Wendy's proposing is that the dis- whatever decision you make in the moment is always the right decision. As long as you acknowledge work is always to be done. And the last thing I want to mention that's going to actually transition us into this next question is is love. Love as a doing. Love as an action. The same way Wendy's talked about reflecting and motivation and having this wisdom and emotional intelligence. It's not like, you know, you just read a book, like, every day. It's that you lived what people who, like, the content that these writers write about, you lived that. People are writing about you. You know what I'm saying, and it's um, I think a constant through line I'm hearing is just living through an experience, living through experience, your own experience, and not through the desired experiences of what you see other people go through, but being as present as you can. And um, I'm just really excited to talk about this next question and give the mic to Wendy because this is gonna circle back to the very first episode of this podcast, aside from the pilot which centered bell hooks is all about love. And I bring this next question up because I was sitting with Wendy one day while she was in high school and she defined love for me. And I'm not sure if you remember that, but I think you actually got the definition from an other educator or mentor of yours. And, you know, without further ado, I'm going to ask Wendy the next question. And it's kind of a two part as well. How do you define love? Because I selfishly want to hear it again. And how has that definition shifted or stayed the same now that you have started a new journey in your life in college?
1: Wow. I think for me, love is the same definition that I told you um, when I was in high school. And I actually learned this saying from one of my summer school um, teachers from AIM High. And she is a professional poet and she speaks at different colleges. And one of the things that stuck with me was her definition for love and it's to nurture someone's growth. For me, that stuck Because when we think about love, some people think it's transactional. You do this for me, I do this for you. Some people think that it's like, I give 50%, you give 50%. But I feel like love is you give your all, they give your all. Mm. And with nurturing someone's growth, to nurture is to create a home. Mm. to create an environment of of safety. And that doesn't necessarily mean like a place, mm-hmm. not just like an apartment or a house, but an emotional home mm. where your partner or partners are able to thrive and learn and be challenged in every aspect of their life. To nurture someone's growth is to love, acknowledge and understand every dimension of who they are and every dimension of their life because given any circumstances how young you can be like how old you are doesn't matter I feel like with love it's timeless it's Mm. genuine at any point in your life whether you've processed certain things or not I feel like it's the most real thing that anyone can feel and with growth I feel like in order for growth to be nurtured I feel like it doesn't necessarily mean it's all just positive and like rainbows and unicorns yeah. like you're just holding hands and having like a rom-com moment but it's also those down moments those challenges the things that you're able to work through in times of confusion, disorientation, and not knowing what to do or how to move forward. And the way that you support one another and still try to listen even if you're angry, upset for whatever reason. It's still being able to check in with yourself and catch yourself before you might say something that can do more damage than good. And even if you do, it's acknowledging that too, holding yourself accountable holding your partner accountable, mm-hmm. that's growth, I feel like. And I actually did get out of a six-month relationship. I, um, I've i been single for about a month now. And what I've learned from my first ever relationship was... Even though like so much happened during the relationship because it's like I got into a relationship during a big transition point in my life. I was moving into a new city, going to college for the first time, learning how to live on my own, basically having so much independence Mm -hmm. and um, liberty in my life that I've never had before. So on top of the relationship, I also had all of these new things that were catching my attention and that I had to be responsible for. So juggling all of those different aspects in my life, I realized that I love to, to love. <laughs> I really love being there for people. I love making someone else feel Lots of joy in having their needs met. And I think one of the things that I sort of started to dismiss in the relationship was my own needs sometimes. And that I would make certain sacrifices to make sure that my partner was okay or felt supported in whatever way. But then I would dismiss my own need for mm. quality alone time or just quality time with myself, like taking myself out on dates or really understanding what it meant to just like sit with myself, being alone, being happy with being alone sometimes, because with being in a relationship, it's sometimes really difficult to find that balance, especially I I lived with um, my partner, my ex-partner, and It's hard because we were in the same house all the time. It was like our lives were so intertwined. And for me, I feel like in terms of boundaries, I wasn't as assertive as I wanted to be with wanting that alone time for myself and really understanding that this is a huge transition moment and a lot of changes are bound to happen And if I don't give myself the ample time to process everything that's happening and moving so fast, I felt like I was sort of losing myself in the process and not feeling that sense of groundedness in myself. So in terms of nurturing growth, it's not just about nurturing your partner's growth. Mm. It's nurturing your own growth at the same time. Yeah. So... Yeah,
0: That's awesome. and that that literally connects to the last episode we just recorded with with homie Deja, also just talking about the topic of you know you can't take care of anyone unless you take care of yourself, and you know it can sound like such a broken record in the society, and yet people still haven't heard it enough. Um, so thank you on so many levels. One, thank you for just being so vulnerable and you know sharing this recent relationship you're in and in addition to all that you've learned um all that you've named that you feel like you like are working on for yourself it's a time of self and a time of transition and you know jumping into relationships at any capacity there's no book on how to do it you know and I'm actually really happy that you brought up the point of What makes it difficult is that you kind of lost yourself in the equation because with how much you were pouring into this, this little episode, literal episode to want to make people happy. Someone I like saw in in college for a bit, then they are talking to me. They're like, Yanni, you're such a sunshine person. I was like, what the hell is a sunshine person? They're like, you know, those people (laughs) that you just see and they're like, they're so happy all the time. Like you just make everyone so happy. And I was like, yeah, I think I am a sunshine person. But when I see other sunshine people as a sunshine person, I'm like, sunshine people have gone through so much. They've gone (laughs) through so much. It's like, they're probably the most hurt people. Yeah. And, you know, and you could agree or disagree with this. But when I see a sunshine person, I'm like, you, someone's put you through a lot or something or a lot of things or a lot of people. And a lot of the catalysts for why we, we just love loving people is because we've been pushed to the limit so hard we as like really genuine human beings would not actually want that experience to be shared like by anyone else. You do not want people to go through that. Some people there's like, you know, people in the world who just want to see people like suffer. But sunshine people know. And I'm really happy you brought up, you know, this idea of altruism. I think it's come up a lot to give, 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 you know, shout out to my own Kuya I think growing up too, when he was in high school and I was a student, I, he doesn't even know I know this, but it was just a very small anecdotal moment where I think an adult was asking him, like, what do you want to do? And what do you want to be when you grow up? And he said, I don't know, but I just want to make people happy. And then when people started asking me, when I was like, you know, entering high school and elementary school, I said the same thing because I look up to my older brother and I was like, yo, my older brother was always known to, like, be smiling in high school and just, like, a people's person. And I felt like I just wanted to be like that. And then in the process, you're like, damn, you're making hella people happy. But why do I feel so, like, drained? <laughs> and now, like, years later, and for you, too, like, even now, like, we understand. It's tough. And I've actually learned to not believe in that, you know? You're not. If you're happy, then I'm happy. It's like, no. I'm happy when I'm happy. And... Sometimes, like, you're happy and I'm not happy. You know what I'm saying? And that's real. But it really goes back to, like, um, if if you're not giving yourself anything, then there's... Even if you're giving something to someone else, they're not getting your best. You deserve your best first. And then people deserve your best as well. Um, so it was just super powerful to hear this piece that you mentioned. Love is timeless. I was thinking about that exact word when you said it, too. And... I think it's timeless and directional because when, you know, when he talked about growth, um, people say ha- people have a growth mindset. There's no threshold. It's not ending. which which is exactly why you brought up this timeless piece. So I say in addition to timeless, it's directional because it's always when we accept and receive love, like it's a self-reflective moment to be like, in what direction am I looking to, develop myself so I could give this love back to someone else who needs it, right? Or the direction of sustainability, what direction can I go in so I can just maintain this, you know? And it just, it just really means a lot. So I'm just really thankful you share that. And like, it just, it blows my mind, but I'm also not surprised because you're a really wise old soul that um, you're able to articulate everything we mentioned about love and, you know, we actually haven't talked about Mac Miller on this podcast for a couple episodes too, and I think it also just speaks to the waves that we all go through. And I love Mac Miller to death too. And I thought about this like even when I before I was going to go do this podcast, I was like, "Damn, like how come I haven't talked about Mac?" And for me, I think it's just like you can't oversaturate yourself with love either, or you can't you can't oversaturate someone with "I love yous," or you can't always just you know you. Sometimes you need a break from the things you love. Like I haven't listened to Mac in a while. The same way you need a break from like the world sometimes that you need to be alone. It's like, why all of a sudden do I desire this? It's because it's just a human, it's, it's natural for the, like the human spirit to to have balance with people and then have balance with yourself. So I just think about why I started this podcast to begin with Inspired by Mac. And all the peaks and the valleys that you brought us through with this relationship and what you've learned about yourself reminded me of all the different albums, you know, I've tapped into and haven't delved deep enough yet with Mac Miller. You know, kids starting off just so, damn, I'm just, like, feeling good listening to this. Like, it's nothing too deep and too, like, kind of the depths of, like, experimenting with literal, like, drugs and then experimenting with different sounds for music in the middle of his career and kind of ending in a more existential and almost like closure type feel of self acceptance that's what I took so I say all that because it was like a Mac Miller energy manifestation like in front of me so I just want to thank you so much for that and it's actually going to transition to us to our last two part question in another two part but we'll ask the first one first i won't ask the second one yet so thinking about all these years you've lived and conquered the world (laughs) going back to our fun existential questions what reminders do you have for folks who are older than you
1: wow (laughs) (laughs) all these years all 19 (laughs) years Oh, my goodness. I feel like I gravitate towards people who are a little bit older than me. I really do. And by that, I mean I have a lot of friends who are at least two years older than me. And I've always thought that was kind of a little bizarre. Mm -hmm. But I feel like it's because maybe it's because I'm a wise soul (laughs) or... (laughs) Maybe it's that I really like just talking to people who have had more experiences than I've had on this earth. And something that I'm able to notice, certain patterns or just like behaviors, is that when we start to get just a little bit older, Mm. people tend to fall into more rigid routines. And that doesn't necessarily mean like, morning routines are just like routines of life. It also means like emotional and mental routines Mm. is that they already have these set ways of dealing with things when they arise. So it could be certain issues or problems that come up and they already automatically have like some advice to give or a way of approaching it. And sometimes I feel like adults who are a lot older need to be reminded that you're a lifelong learner and that learning doesn't stop when you get older it really doesn't because i feel like like just because you're not in school or not Mm. like actively trying to learn a new subject that doesn't mean that you can think of other ways of approaching approaching life and i feel like with some of my friends like i i really adore them and i love the way that they already feel like they know how to do a lot of things Mm. and they understand how to just deal with life so calmly sometimes like they are juggling a lot of different things like i have this one friend who is the president of the esports club who also works for a fantasy tea bar and then also has another job on the side and is helping someone work on a movie. And she has so much on her plate, but she is able to still like find some sense of peace and joy and like understand that even though she is going through a lot, that she can move forward through it. Mm. And that she always finds a way somehow, even if she doesn't know what she's really doing sometimes it's like she's still able to move through life so assertively and like the best way possible and I feel like people who are older need to maybe take a couple steps back and just kind of enjoy like small moments Mm -hmm. a lot more I feel like the moments where you're just being silly or, you know, just laughing because my friend and I, we were hanging out last week. We went to the gym together and then after buying some groceries together, we were in the car just singing along to early 2000s and like late 2010s songs and we were just belting it from within us and we were... Just like screaming at that point, we were just singing some really fun songs, like some old usher songs, like Rihanna, everything. and it was one of the funniest moments that I've had lately because mm. we were just being kids. you're we just you know, like even if you grow up, you that inner inner child, right it mm-hmm. just it's still there, regardless of what happens mm. to you. It's never erased or it never vanishes. So I think feeding that when you get older becomes a lot more important because it is so easy to neglect it or dismiss it just because you have so many responsibilities and you are with other people who remind you that, hey, you have your job, you have to pay taxes, you have to do all of these things, but... This is also another responsibility of yours as well is to make sure that you don't forget what it's like to just be a kid and have fun. And that doesn't necessarily mean just like belting out to songs in the car. It could just be little things like buying yourself your favorite ice cream when you're feeling down Mm. or just going on a walk by yourself and admiring the sky. Like it it could just be as simple as that. And I think that can do a lot of um, healing in a lot of different ways. And it can remind you of all of the um, amazing things that exist in life because sometimes when you are going through a lot of different changes and you're transitioning and you're kind of just lost in your head and it's just all chaotic, but the things that I always come back to are just... Little things that make me happy. Like, I could just be watching, like, Hannah Montana one day, and I'm like, I want to watch Hannah Montana because it brings me a lot of joy, and the comedy is so corny, but it literally will always make me laugh mm. because it feeds the inner child. So that's why I do it.
0: <laughs> Damn. I'm, I'm cheesing so hard because uh, <laughs> it's... I mean that's what's up. You and you're able to tie in. I'm I'm happy. Like you know, shout out to, um, my homeboy Andrew who did the piece on inner child, and I even think episodes episodes before that we even had an episode on just nostalgia when I was just recording this as like um, a monologue podcast, and to see you bring all these points up, and you know use the phrase little things, little things all the time. I'm like this ain't no big world's podcast. <laughs> It's the small, small world podcast. <laughs> I'm like it all makes sense now, mm. and um, yeah, you know these these reminders. It's a reminder. I I try my best to live by. You know, to feed that that kid. To you know, go out and ride my bike. Go out and watch Strange Things. I'm <laughs> yes. Watching Stranger Things right new now. Season. I know Nisei Sen. <laughs> you know, hang out with my my students. Remind them that. Adulting could look so many different ways and it doesn't need to look, I think the one way that like this very linear capitalist society almost forces us to do at a subconscious level. So I'm just very glad to to know that is what you're holding on to as a reminder for for us and to balance the equation out, What is a reminder you have for yourself of something that you feel like you've forgotten?
1: Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my. Um, Well, it's actually partly why I'm here in the first place, why I decided to come to San Francisco on a whim and use most of my paycheck to get here because I came to a point where after my breakup, after my first year of college, I just felt stuck in every way possible. I felt like I emotionally didn't have enough capacity to deal with everything that I still am dealing with, but I knew that I needed to return to my hometown because I wanted to be connected to why I even wanted to go to college in the first place why I'm even in the point of my life like that I'm at because I just need to be reminded of who I was in order to decide what person I want to be Mm. So being away from home for almost a year did a number on my identity, I feel like, because I did change a lot in college. I was introduced to so many new people, different experiences, a lot of first experiences, and being so submerged in a new environment, I kind of started distancing myself slowly from everything that I was and it's hard because my relationship with my parents got very rocky this year as well so I had to set up some boundaries with them as, and then also just my friends being so scattered around the country and the world um, it just felt like I just didn't have that footing anymore yeah. that Um, just backbone of people that have helped me grow up since I was a kid. And like I needed to go back to San Francisco to remind myself of all the people that were here for me from the very beginning Mm. and see if that person that I was maybe a year ago is still sort of here or some characteristics or some of like the ways that I used to think about the world, if they still stay the same or if they changed already. And coming back, this is my second day here in San Francisco, Mm -hmm. and I feel like I was rebirthed.
0: (laughs) Got to be rebirthed.
1: (laughs) And by that I mean, I... Just talking to a friend and understanding that, hey, even though you're going through so much, whatever you're going through, Mm -hmm. may it be super bad and confusing and weird and like you feel like you don't know yourself, but you know yourself, Wendy. She told me that you know yourself, regardless of what is going on with you, you are still yourself. Like you have not lost it. You, I am very confident that you still know who you are. Mm-hmm. And from what she can see from the aftermath of everything that happened to me back in Pomona, I am still myself. And that was one of the mm-hmm. best things I could possibly hear is that I am still Wendy, whatever that means mm-hmm. <laughs> um, in the moment. And I feel like the reminder that I needed was that I know how to be there for myself. And this kind of contradicts what I said earlier with me being in a relationship and not giving myself enough time to really process everything that's been happening and also just like understand my own needs and wants is because I feel like before I came to Pomona, I knew how to do that for myself. I knew how to be there for myself emotionally especially because I mean number 1 I'm an only child and most of the time I was home alone <laughs> and being home alone a lot of the time I knew how to cheer myself up or I knew how to challenge myself so that I can become a better student or a better friend or just like improve myself because I had so much time alone. I didn't really have a choice. (laughs) So I was kind of pushed to become my number one support system. And um, it just feels like I sort of lost that Mm. in a sense. Like I lost it, but it's still there. So it's a weird sort of in between of – Knowing that I still know how to do that for myself. And that's why I'm here. Mm. I literally went out of my way to get here. I rode a bus here. I didn't even take a plane or a car. I literally just rode on a bus and there was a man on the bus with a rooster that woke me up at six in the morning. And I was like, yeah, the sacrifices I make. (laughs) the rooster started cuckooing (laughs) at 6 in the morning and everybody on the bus was like what is this man doing can you please make your rooster be quiet Mm -hmm. but it it was really funny because it was one of those moments where this is just so ridiculous but I know that I'm doing the right thing because even though the rooster was like waking everyone up I was still happy Mm -hmm. like just getting here like just being reminded of all the places, memories. Like I look at people, I look at just the city in general and I'm reminded of everything I was and how much I grew just by being in my hometown all Mm. my life. And I just don't want to ever forget that I am ever-changing. I think I told you that change is the only thing that's really constant in life. Mm-hmm. And in terms of like transition and understanding like where I'm coming from, I feel like going back to your roots is something that I want to remind myself to do more often. I think that's the one thing that I'm trying to remind myself to do because it it helps you understand how much you are able to get through in the past. So why are you not confident that you can get through this one thing Mm -hmm. that you're going through as well? It's Mm -hmm. like when I journal, I have all my past entries. And sometimes I revisit those entries just to see how much I've grown. Like an entry from a year ago. And I'm like, these were my issues and problems? I was like, that was not that bad Mm -hmm. as I thought. And it's like you see how much you grow. And I think that's an important thing is to sort of document your growth in a way and Mm -hmm. you don't necessarily have to have a journal or like a diary (laughs) or something but just going back to where you came from is probably the best reminder of how much you've grown Mm -hmm. and that's the one thing I want to keep at the forefront of my mind so yeah that's why I'm really happy to be here and I feel very at peace right now so that's why I said I'm really giddy. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Shout out to the kids, yo. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, a call to home. A call to home. You came home. The journey was rough. You know, roosters were <laughs> were a doodling And it's, it's tough. Sometimes the process to even look back at what we've documented about our growth is hard, symbolically, you know, too, and, and you know, literally sometimes. And it's, it's a little bittersweet because I think oftentimes we're in a rush to outgrow the gift of, my childhood. I can't wait to go to college. I can't wait to grow up so I can, like, do my own thing. And then you're know, doing your own thing. And I'm like... <laughs> I miss my mom's cooking. I miss I miss someone saying goodnight. I miss those things that felt so um so normal. And then you're by yourself, you know? Damn, Wendy can see the tears in my eyes. What the I, I don't know, I didn't I didn't expect to start crying, mom, if you're listening, they're thinking about you right now. It's um even a stupid thing was today I went with one of my co-workers. We went to Saramonte. I was like, yo, I used to go here all the time as a kid. They got a Jollibee in here now. And we both were like, you know, our parents used to bring us Jollibee all the time. And I was like never excited about it. And then when I went to college, that was the first time I was away from like Filipino food. And my mom's and my dad's cooking and then bringing home Filipino food. And then the first time someone offered Jollibee, I was like, yo, I like, I miss Jollibee. <laughs> and how a lot of the things it's not the thing itself it's the context and the time and the access to things you know so there's no doubt probably coming back to that journal coming back home to your foundations um reminded you what has been here all along i like what you said like i think sometimes may people make the term lost and like gone the same thing you can be lost. Doesn't mean you're like non existent. Right. You can be lost in the woods. I'm
1: still here. I know. <laughs>
0: you put yourself in the position to be found, like, for real. So I think hearing you kind of reiterate, like, you know yourself, Wendy. And whoever told you that, your friend, good friend. Really good friend. And I always tell my friends at the end of their statements when they're ranting, they're like, yeah, but I don't know. And I go, but you know. And they're like, yeah, I know. <laughs> So don't don't be the person to second guess yourself. Give yourself permission to access yourself, you know, and I'm really happy you made this trip. And I'm I'm just happy you're able to dial yourself back to where you've come from, sharing the upbringing of being a single child, an only child, something I didn't have the choice, I guess, to have. Um, But for me, I felt like I'm so lucky. I got to grow up with siblings. And, you know, my professor, I just started grad school. He kept, he kept reinforcing this idea of, like, what is your foundation? Are you building your house on sand? Are you building it on rock? And I was like, yo, what am I building my house on right now? And I think it's just a, a question to leave the listeners because your questions are up, Wendy. We, we did other questions. But the
1: questions. You,
0: you, you've done the questions. You've they're done are the, all
1: two partners. <laughs> <they're> all, <laughs> I, <was shoot>. like, <laughs> I think you gave me six questions.
0: It's a lot of questions. I broke the rules today. <laughs> you
1: broke the rules. My, my apologies.
0: <laughs> but um, it was a vibe. I'm so... I'm humbled and I'm um, inspired. And I have, you know, I have, I have faith in you. And the youth of America. (laughs) Um, I think as adults, I think one thing I try never to tell, like, my kids or my students is, ah, don't worry about it. You have time. Like, as when I was a kid, and even now, it's, like, the most annoying thing to hear.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: (laughs) It's like, oh, you just got out of a relationship in college? You have time. It's like, well, you also have time. We all have time. So why you keep saying something that, like, that doesn't actually separate us? It's like, it's a universal thing. Till the end of time, you still have time. Right. Until you don't have time when you're dead. <laughs> you know, so. Right. It's something I try to practice when I talk to, you know, kids. I think there's oftentimes, like, I guess that essence where I'm like, you know, it's, it's not the end of the world. But, you know, sometimes people who are like, you don't have time. Those are sometimes the people who don't know how to use their time (laughs) at the same time. So so I'm tired of all this time stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Which is why I love love. Because it is time.
1: Less. Less time? Time Less. Less time. (laughs) Less (laughs) time. I don't like things that relate to time. time. (laughs) But (laughs) But love? I love love. love. love.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, in honor of what Wendy has saying has been saying don't forget to laugh and i'm you yeah, i'm happy we're ending on this note this was a beautiful way to top off episode 30 oh my god 30 episodes so like uh i was gonna say a trilogy times to 10 yeah. <laughs> it's uh Ooh. it's been a journey and an ongoing one i don't know when i'm ending this probably till i i am not going to finish that point um no
1: we don't talk about that ta- we don't talk
0: about it talk about but it. in the meantime <laughs> thank you so much wendy Another question outside of the context of this.
1: Oh, Wendy, do you have any plugs or shout outs
0: before yeah. we wrap up?
1: Yes. If you would like to follow me, I'm on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> My handle is Pandoval underscore 16. Like Pablo Sandoval. You know him from the Giants. <laughs> if you're a Giants fan. If you're not, that's okay too. But <laughs> Pandaval, P-A-N-D-O-V-A-L. Yes. underscore 16 bet. and yeah if you would like to follow me feel free <laughs> if you want to talk I would love to talk to you I'm extroverted so I love talking
0: bet <laughs> she does obviously
1: <laughs> but yeah
0: awesome well thank you for that plug um, much more for me to learn from you as well as the rest of the world so keep talking honestly and keep sharing keep Taking care of yourself before others so you can take care of others and keep coming back home when you can, whether it's literally or spiritually. So I'm just really happy that you took the time to come out to me and share the mic on the sweetest podcast in the world, which is the Small Worlds Podcast, inspired by Mac Miller. Shout out to Mac. We love you, Mac. And without further ado, my name is Yanni.
1: And I'm Wendy.
0: And this, once again, is the Small Worlds Podcast. I hope you all take care. We love you.
1: And peace.